the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMosio podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It is the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Just after 4 o'clock. Thanks for listening in. It's our famous Friday show. Why is it famous? We don't know, but it usually turns out that way. Well, actually, I do have a little idea why it's going to be famous today. Forecast calling for, let's get that out of the way first. We're in the 40s, dropping to 23 for low tonight. Then some sunshine next couple of days, but getting chilly. Tomorrow's high 35, and on Sunday, the high 40. Flyers lost 3-2, shootout to Los Angeles. They're home tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock against Anaheim. Sixers take on Denver at home tonight. And the Phillies, big trade. Getting all-star catcher JT Realmuto. Yesterday, she really helped the team. That fine music you hear reminds me we have a wonderful guest to bring in. The composer of that song, John Tesh. Hello, sir. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm all right. Joe, crank that up, man. We can't. We. There we go. Get this. Yeah. See, now we're off to a good start. So, John, I understand there was a little fun story behind that song. You can't let a good idea get forgotten, right? Yeah. I mean, it's you just never know, right? It's 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 the I'm not sure when the phrase "think outside the box" got invented, but it may have been. It, for me, it was this song, where I was in uh, I was in Europe and I was working for NBC Sports. I was covering or was it CBS? I can't remember. It was <laughs> I was covering the Tour de France with Al Michaels, uh, with David Michaels rather, Al Michaels' brother, and um, found out that NBC was looking for a new theme. They had just gotten the C- the, uh, the uh, basketball coverage from CBS. And uh, I got this idea in the middle of the night in, in a tiny town called Negev, France. I didn't have a keyboard with me. I didn't have a, like a portable tape recorder. And I did what anybody else would do. I called my answering machine back in New York City in my apartment, and I left a message for myself with the theme that I had in my head. And it, 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 what, what I, I still have the answering machine message, and I'll play it on stage when I go into concerts. But the, the, it's all there. It's all you have and the machine cuts me off. You know, and I call, and I call back. The multiple messages. Yeah. Well, I got yeah, like three messages. And I got back home. I figured it out in the piano. I went. Well, this is interesting. And then the important thing was, I had VHS tapes of of Jordan and Magic Johnson and all those guys back in the heyday. You know, with. With uh, her, uh, with uh, Albert uh, Marv Albert, Herb Albert, Marv Albert doing the 
play-by-play, and I figured out that, that uh, a fast break is about 132 beats a minute, the dribbling, uh, uh, the dribbling tempo. Ah. So I set it at that, and then I got an orchestra to play along with me, and I sent it to NBC with, with it synced up to video. Wow. They, didn't have any, they didn't have to imagine anything, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like, it, was, it was all there. And it ended up working. I mean, I, I, I got, I sent it, and a week later they said this works, and that was the end of that. It's called Around Ball Rock, and uh, you know, very, very well known piece of music. Uh, you know, how long was it between the time you left the messages and you actually got home to follow through with it? Yeah, it was about a, about a month. Wow, that's a long um, time. Yeah, it was. It was because we because I was uh, I was working on the Tour de France, and so it, it was a long time. And, and uh, it, but but once I got home, within four days, I had the demo finished. I mean, we. It, and you, and it's you know it's it, it is one of those things for people who are I don't know whether you're an entrepreneur or a musician or whatever and Hans Zimmer you know how, how how famous Hans Zimmer is he's the one that really started the idea of don't do a demo for a uh, a director a film director you know find a way to do the whole thing and that's when he he, he had all of his synthesizers loaded up with strings and timpanis and stuff like that so when he would go in and do like a temp track for I don't know. Uh, for uh, Gladiator, right? It sounded like it was the finished thing, and then they would have the orchestra play what he, you know, what, what he had done. So it is that thing of, of don't leave anything to the imagination. Just do the whole thing, and I, and I, and I learned from that. John Tesh is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. It's funny because you have obviously a, a long history in many things, including radio. That it sounds very similar to uh, you know, how we would call it a spec spot, where our production director can look up uh, businesses in the area and just come up with ideas and produce a fully, uh, you know, produced uh, commercial of some sort, and then the salesperson takes it to him and says, "This is what you could sound like on the radio." Don't just go to yeah. them cold and say, uh, "You might, you know, do well on our air." Give them something to actually get the picture directly. Yeah, yeah. Take the possibility of uh, of doubt, right? You know, right out of it. And the really cool thing is now, you know, back in the day. You know, we didn't have hard drives recording directly to hard. We didn't have laptops that had, you know, Pro Tools on there and 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 uh, Logic Pro and Final Cut. You know, now you can make a full film on your and people do all the time on your lap on your phone. <laughs> you can do it, right? <laughs> That's crazy. So there's really there's really no no excuse. Uh, the problem is, there's a friend of mine who wrote uh, wrote the book uh, Deep Work. This guy named Cal Newport is that we're not doing deep work anymore. A lot of it because not to get too deep and dark, but but we're just reacting to so much stuff. So we're watching so much Netflix and watching all the rest of this stuff that we're just not creating as much stuff as we used to back in the day because we have so many distractions. Yeah. What was that? Did you say? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I was going to actually ask you that because you have your, your music and, and sports career and everything you've done has really spanned in a short amount of time. You've seen the world change so much. You kind of touched on it there. Uh, I guess would you say that uh, we're in a we're in a time frame where people are are a little bit glazed over, and like uh, even phone calls. I remember doing this show with you twenty years ago, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But um, getting phone calls back then was a little easier. I think sometimes people, it's like I have to actually dial numbers and remember the order yeah. they're in. It's just easier to look at yeah. my phone, scroll, scroll, scroll. One thumb involved. That's it. Yeah, and the wild thing is that when I tell the story on stage now, because it's been 30 years almost since that, that theme, that basketball theme was written, when I tell the story on stage, 
there's about, I mean, maybe a third of the audience has this glazed over look when I'm talking about the answering machine with the two tapes in it, you know. So now I actually have to put a picture on the screen behind me of what I'm talking about. That's <laughs> explain crazy. the old Radio Shack you know, answering machine because you remember, I mean, you're not old enough, but, but back in the day, you, you didn't know if anybody called you until you got home. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's it's, right. I, you'd go to work or you'd go out or whatever, and, and all of a sudden, finally, that girl would call you back, and you're like, oh, man. You know, she went out with somebody else. You <laughs> call her back. <laughs> Took her know? too long. That's right. That's I know. Hilarious. And that was, that was the last time we waited for anything. But I, I really had to adjust my life because I'm surrounded by I have two millennials. It's uh, my kids. I have three grandkids now. And so I, I actually have, and a lot of it is on, on our show, you know, talking about this stuff. I don't watch anything other than, I mean, if it's a documentary or something, my wife and I will go see it. But I had to completely renew my mind because, because I have that personality where I'll watch every episode of 24 or Game of Thrones or Homeland or Billions or whatever. And I stopped all of it. And it was, it was like, it must have been like getting off a of crack cocaine because I couldn't sleep at night. You know? <laughs> John but I, realized that, I realized I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't getting anything done. I wasn't creating anything. Yeah. Well, we want to cover some ground here. John Tesh is our guest. We have a short break to take, but John's been in radio for many years, hosted Entertainment Tonight, uh, also the Olympics, Wimbledon, the Tour de France he mentioned, and has his own national program going. We'll talk about that in just a second here. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL and at WFIL.com. 413 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Continuing our conversation with Tim DeMoss Show with John Tesh, who has many different spokes in the wheel, if you will, music, sports, communications. Uh, and I like to never assume people know everything, so I like to at least have a, a quick skip through and... And the music side, we started off with that song, Round Ball Rock, which so many folks know once they hear it. Maybe not by name, but once they hear it. Uh, music was a thing for you early on, John, right? Not everybody is that that's the case. Sometimes, like, you may find this interesting. Jimmy Rollins, who played shortstop for the Phillies for many years, talked to his mom one time at a gig I was DJing, and she said she didn't let him play ball till he was 13 because she didn't want him to burn out too soon. So I don't always assume that the, the talented folks have all gotten, you know, since they were in the cradle, they were doing things. But you pretty much were doing music from a, from a very young age, weren't you? Yeah, and I had one of those, uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Do you remember the name Dave Jennings? He used to be a punter for um, for the Giants. Yes, um, yeah. Jennings and, I, Jennings and I were in the same class at Garden City High School on Long Island. And we were, I, I played soccer and lacrosse, but uh, I, we were both high jumpers. He was incredible. I mean, he he could like from a this was before the Fosbury flop, but, but he, I mean, he could do a, a western roll or a scissors kick, and he could jump seven feet. You know, I was like at six three or something like that. Um, and so, you know, so the football team tried to get him, you know, because when you get your leg that high, they can teach you how to punch, right? Yeah. And his parents would his parents wouldn't let him. Uh, they would not let him play football. You know, and this was back in you know nineteen sixty nine, nineteen seventy. And then when he got out, he tried out for the Giants and like a Hall of Famer or something. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. um, but but wow. my mom was one of those moms who, you know, she was from the South. I was born uh, in New York, in Long, on Long Island, but my parents were from the South. And I had a sister who was a cellist, and my, my other sister played piano. My father had played violin for a while. 
but my mom was a surgical nurse, and so she was a, she was really a stickler for uh, discipline. And so before I could go outside, uh, if, at six years old even, I, I had to practice piano for an hour, and I had to practice trumpet for, for an hour, uh, because I was also in the marching band and the orchestra. And so I couldn't go out and be with my friends, uh, and I, I hated it. I mean, I hated every minute of it. I tried to pretend I was sick, which I, like, I, I wanted it to, to, to like, injure my hand, so I couldn't play. But yeah. it was, you know, hours and hours of scales and all the rest of this stuff. And then when I got into high school... I was this really skinny, just sort of hideous kid with, with acne. And, and even when we tell the story on stage, I have pictures of myself. People are like, whoa, that's scary. Um, yeah. But the only way for me to actually even have a personality was I was playing in a Blood, Sweat, and Tears cover band. So I was playing Hammond organ and playing, uh, playing trumpet and trombone. And that was, I still wasn't popular with the ladies, but at least I had, at least I had an identity, you know. Right. And that's the beauty of music is that it, it gives you that, not only an identity, right, yeah. Like sports, and I wasn't going to be a sports figure, but it also gives you um, it, it gives you that discipline, and so I I I know that before I do a concert, I know how much I have to practice. And my wife said, "Play these songs a thousand times." I said, "Yeah, but I, I just it's something that's in me. I, I have to practice before I go and do something like that." And that, I got that from my mom. That's interesting. John Tesh is our guest. I actually saw a video the other night of a Billy Joel being interviewed, and he was talking about doing a song with Tony Bennett. And he talked about how they had rehearsals. You'd think these veterans of years and years could almost just hop on stage and go for it. But it's like, now nah, we want to talk about who's going to sing New York State of Mind first, who's going to sing it second, and, and how they want to do the song. And then it was funny because Billy said, then Tony just does what he wants anyway, and I have to keep up with him. But um, to, to your point that no matter how seasoned you are, that discipline of practicing and honing your craft is important, which is something I know, you know, obviously a huge part of your life is that you're a believer, and you want to do that. And it talks about in Proverbs, if you, that he who, you know, uh, uh, stand, will stand before kings who excels in his work. And so there is something to, not that your value is based on how many albums you sell or how, how well-known you are or aren't, but whatever you do, wherever, whatever part of the, the world you're in, whether it's you're very private at home, just taking care of, not just, taking care of your children or your home, or if you're single and you're just trying to live for the Lord in a very disciplined way, like that's, you know, you want to you excel in that way. Uh, and because we do have an audience of one, we have the, the, the Heavenly Father who's who's taking care of us, and we want to please Him. Yeah, that was a mouthful, and I, and I believe in uh, I believe in all of that. Uh, although uh, I would say up until I don't know three years ago, I did count my uh, my personality and my successes uh, as. Um, I, I, that's all I did was okay. This one, this this is eight million records. This is uh, this is an Emmy. This is that, and, and yeah, I went to church, right? Yeah. And my parents both ran the church. I have two uncles that are Baptist preachers, but until I got a terminal diagnosis uh, of, of cancer in in 2015, um, and the doctors they did the surgeries and the chemo and Andrews and deprivation therapy and. And all of that, and why, and we're on their way to, to blast you with 57 straight treatments of radiation. Until I got to that point, I didn't truly understand what, what Christ did for us at the cross. So, two things. One, of course, is salvation sins, right? You know, yeah. he, he died for our sins. But also, there are scriptures that I, uh, well, I had two people that helped me uncover them that, that, the, the promise of healing 
that Jesus gave us um, in in the Bible, and that we did, that a lot of churches actually get wrong. And when I discovered a guy named Andrew Womack, who was just a brilliant teacher, W O M M A C K, and it was one of those things where somebody just handed me a CD, you know, while I was getting chemo. And then another guy named Curry Blake, who has a thing called Divine Healing Technicians. I didn't realize the power, uh, and even uh, Kenneth Hagin was the one who really stood on this scripture of Mark 11.23. Now, Mark 11.23 saved my life, and, and so I have dedicated the rest of my life, Timmy, to, to working with people and getting them healed within the, with, with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the gift that Jesus gave us. So now, for people who, who can't look up Mark 11.23, it is this, it is whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever he says will be so, shall have whatever he says. So it's basically a continuation of when God spoke, said, let there be light, or light be, is, uh, is the translation in Greek. Um, every, when God spoke the world into existence, and, and what this scripture is about is that you need to speak goodness and health and healing over yourself because we spend so much time going, oh my gosh, you know, my, I, and this happened to me. I got cancer at the same age my dad did because I spoke it over myself. You know, my dad got cancer at 63. I hope I can beat it, you know. Mm. And, and, and we walk around going, oh my gosh, I'm going to get that cold. It's cold and flu season. And the moment I stood on Mark 11:23, not only was I healed of cancer, but I haven't had any sickness in my body for for three years. And mm. so there are there is so much truth that we're missing and that I missed in the Bible. And there's also Proverbs 18:21, uh, which is you know, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, and, and that's so true. We'll have what we say. And so that 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 promise. Is, is one that I have marinated in, and and we every Sunday, my wife and I and a bunch of people from our Bible study, we're in a hospital where people are dying. They're all on they're all on uh, ventilators, and we're in there working to get them healed, because I understand that that you know every every seed reproduces after its own kind. So if you sow into healing, if you sow into somebody else's healing. It just magnifies what happens in your body. Sorry for the long run. So no, 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 that's, that's all good. John Tesh is our guest uh, on the Tim DeMar Show, AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Uh, John, I don't want to assume anything in terms of your schedule. I have a, another quick break to take. Do you, can you hang with us through the break, and we can continue your job? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, very, for very sure. good. We'll be back in just a moment. John Tesh again on our program. We'll also probably shoehorn a, give, a giveaway or two in before the end of the program. Uh, but you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show right now, and uh, have our toll-free number handy at 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345 for that giveaway a little later on. We may even get our uh, pun segment in, too. A little humor before the end of the show as well. Thanks for listening in today. Back in just a moment. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. The Tim DeMoss Show at 426. Our guest today, John Tesh, who you will know from different different uh, various and sundry walks of life you may have seen them in the 80s and 90s as part of the entertainment tonight 
TV show. You may have heard him on the radio. You may have uh, seen him helping cover the Olympics or Wimbledon or Tour de France. Uh, or perhaps you have heard him on his uh, national program. John, you've been uh, doing the uh, Intelligence for Your Life program for how many years now? It's been 10 or 15? More than that. Right? Yeah, it's 15, yeah, 15 years. It's, um, and I love it because I started in, in radio. I started at a campus radio station. My dad was convinced that I would, uh, Tim, that I would starve to death. And so if I was a musician, and so he um, <laughs> he uh, put me into North Carolina State into the textile chemistry program because he was the vice president of Haynes Underwear. So he wanted me to continue with the with the underwear uh, tradition in the family. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, but, I, but I ended up getting a radio job and I got out alive. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, so somebody, I mean, he's your father, so you respect him and honor him. But somebody who... Well, isn't he in charge of those those guys wearing the fruit, like the grapes and the? <laughs> no, that's fruit of the loom. Oh, that's, that's right, that's dad, right. My, my dad was Haynes. Yeah, so, he didn't have uh, any cute characters yeah. to boss around. Okay, my dad was more. <laughs> those, those, those are uh, yeah. Those, my dad was brief, so I guess fruit of the loom was briefs too. Yeah, but, that's right. Um, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I got free. I got free underwear for a long time. Hey, um, don't underestimate it. I know, I know, <laughs> but I didn't want to be. I, I you know. I didn't want to be the underwear guy. Not that there's anything wrong with making underwear, right? But uh, but if you follow my, you know, me as a little kid, I was always like putting on, you know, theatrical things and shooting eight millimeter movies, and that's really what I, you know. I, your thing is, you know, eventually your passion, your mission, your purpose, whatever, it'll it'll track you down. It might be if you're not open to it, right? It might be when you're 85 or 90 years old. But I got really, I was really blessed, and and uh, I uh, I ended up taking a chance. And and even though I was in the you know the media business for a long time, I mean, you know radio and television, I was still able to pursue my first love, which was which was music. You know what's really funny? You mentioned Billy Joel, and how hard he worked. You know, um, putting together shows. I was in a rival band of Billy uh, with Billy. I mean, I wasn't in the band with him. I was in a band called The Best of Both Worlds. A couple of bands broke up and, and formed that band. And then Billy was in the Hassles. That was his first band. Really? And uh, and so if Billy didn't, it wasn't much of a rivalry. If Billy didn't want to do a gig, we got it. Um, but he, um, <laughs> but, when, but he was. I mean, he, he literally was like the Beatles. I mean, the reason the Beatles were so successful is that before you even knew who they were, they had played thousands of concerts all over the world, right, right? in yeah. bars. And that was Billy. Is that they? They just by the time Billy, by the time Piano Man or Cold Spring Harbor came out, that guy had done literally two, three thousand concerts. And so he was ready. John Tesh is our guest. Uh, intelligence for your life. What's the what's the thrust behind that? Just so folks are aware, of it and then, you know they can search for it online, and we're, you know easiest to to locate it. But what's your hope for that program, and how's it changed over the fifteen years or so you've been doing it? Well, first of all, sadly, it's the most expensive program on radio, uh, really? other than maybe the Rush Limbaugh show or something. But it, but it's yeah because we have ten researchers, and it's just. It's the you know it's the three ways to uh, to be to find your purpose in life. The two ways to be a better parent or grandparent. You know the five ways to shrink your waistline. You know it's it's just all personal development stuff. And it's you know we have great connections with everybody from the Harvard Wellness Center to you know Berkeley and Mayo Clinic, Northwestern, Johns Hopkins, MD Anderson. You know all those guys. So we get all their latest studies. And so it's there. We live in a world right now, Tim. Right where there's there's so much uh, information out there that, uh, that you need somebody to curate it. And, and when Scott Myers and Betsy Chase and my wife Connie and I um, started the program, 
15 years ago, we had like four or five stations, you know, and, and Scotty, you know, God bless him, was, and he still does this, right? We're just banging on people's doors saying, you need this show. The show is going to change people's lives. People are going to show up. And, and sure enough, we had a couple people believe in, in it, and we deficit financed the show. Um, didn't make any money for five years, and, and now we reach, I guess it's 11 million people a week or something like that. Not, not that I'm counting. <laughs> yeah. It's become a popular show, and I get to... I get to uh, have fun. It's forced learning for me. Yeah. Well, the, and you know what? It's interesting that you say it that way. The the um, the simple hour that we have here in the afternoon, I've I've said every now and again, I, I want to base it on John 3.16, which is, you know, one of the, if not the Hall of Fame verse in the Bible. People, if nothing else, they'll know it from watching a football game and seeing the, the old yellow sign yeah. pop up, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. but the idea that, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so I love – and I, I don't know if you know this, but you are the, the capstone on our week. This week, it turns out, all of our guests have been named John. Ooh. So Monday was John D'Antonio who runs the, one of the top catering outfits in the city. And he had an incredible story, testimony, including uh, – he was involved in drugs and all kinds of things. Very down-to-earth guy. He, Reggie White gave him a tract when he was in ten, a pit stop in Tennessee as part of him getting saved when he was about 22, 3 years old. Um, on Tuesday, we had John Smoltz, the, you know, the Hall of Fame baseball pitcher. Wednesday was John Butterworth, who's done traffic for 40 years in this market. An amazing guy. And yesterday, we had two Johns, John Brazier, who's director of fun and games for the Phillies, and we are talking about the signing they were going to make and the promotions. And uh, John Vanderkruck, who is my brother-in-law, who runs this big plantation and nursery up in, in near Toronto. And uh, they, they ship worldwide roses and, and shrubs and trees and everything. And, and then now uh, John Tesh. And so I t- was telling my wife last night, look at these Johns. You know, each of them may – and John 3.16 is the verse. But just look at these Johns. And God's done different things in their lives and, and used them in different ways. And, uh, and then, you know, and they're all in a different place in terms of their, their walk with God. But they kind of like just was proving the point, like, you know, God made us, and uh, and we had that re- had that opportunity to embrace Him or not embrace Him, and and as you were sharing, you know, a little earlier, you know, grown up around it, in and around it, but really coming to a deeper understanding in, in recent years since the can- cancer diagnosis. So, anyhow, I just wanted to share that with you because it's uh, kind of uh, part of the program here is to try to help people, and uh, one reason I like the idea of your show and what you do is because. There are different ways to help people. I know that you, over the years, do try to pick and choose your spots where you can share the gospel. Sometimes you're just helping somebody by giving them some good info. And uh, so that's, that's pretty cool about your program. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. Um, I, um, Scotty will tell you, Scotty Myers will tell you that, that uh, my, my latest training in the last six months um, is in healing. Yeah. And so uh, the best way, if you want to, if you want to get somebody saved, if you want to share the gospel with somebody, figure out a way to get them healed. And 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 when they're on the other side of healing, you won't have to say anything to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can yeah, you can you can bring them uh, Romans ten nine, but they'll find it themselves if you're if you're able to get them, you know to get them get them healed. And so that's really where where I am right now. I mean, I've dedicated. I get I have T-shirts. I have T-shirts that I wear every day that says, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, uh, cast out demons. You know, that's my that's that's my my whole thing. And people are just they're like, even Scotty's like, my gosh, you've just lost your mind. You know, um, but it's it's all I talk about, and and it's we we even do a 
a regular thing on uh, Facebook now called Relentless Healing. There's even a YouTube channel called RelentlessHealing.com. And okay. It's just it's interviews with uh, with some of the great you know people who have either emulated or or created their own their own ministry. You know, there's people like John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, T.L. Osborne. You know, these guys they were back you know 105 years ago. They were emptying hospitals. These guys. You know, and they were standing on Mark eleven twenty three and and all kinds of great um, healing scriptures, and that's healing is really the dinner bell for salvation. You know, it's it's the same promise. It was promised at the same time on the cross as Jesus uh, promised salvation. And so, if you can if you can work with somebody and get them healing and get them to understand that that they're not that this sickness is not something that was put on them by anything in the Word of God then they can get out from under it, just like I did. John Tesh, our guest, you know, and it's interesting you talk about that. I was at the dinner table last night with my daughter, uh, Tessa, and we're reading through the Gospel of John together. (laughs) It's John again. And she um, read about the lame man who, uh, you know, finally got down into the water after it had been stirred after 38 years, and she was just taking notes. I asked her to journal, and she said, I wonder what it must have been like for him to be, like, boss, you know, someone got ahead of him every time for 38 years. He couldn't get in. For healing, but it also doesn't say, you know, how he reacted after the fact that, you know, there are different times where blind man's healed or whatever in the New Testament, especially, and there are different reactions too, even, you know, afterwards, but they had that encounter with Christ. And um, the other part of, we talked about that, my daughter, we said, you know, Jesus put, uh, God put in the Bible exactly what needs to be there. So sometimes we're left to wonder, maybe some things, we don't know exactly how it goes, and um, but we have the core of it, what we know, and we can trust that he gave us exactly what we need to know, no more, no less. And um, why I'm, why you know, there are going to be people I know who, and I'm sure you've encountered this too, or maybe you could talk about this, when you talk to people who are like, what are you talking about this healing? Like, you know, what is that? I don't understand. Are you sure you can go that far with that statement? Or what do you, what do you say or how do you, how do you feel, you know, when people talk about it in that way? Um, it's, it's really interesting, uh, how many people won't talk like that. I mean, part okay. of the, part of that, I mean, this is a longer, a long conversation, longer conversation, but yeah. in order, in order to, in order to actually fully embrace what, and, and, and we have to be careful, right? Because there's an old covenant and a new covenant. And if you start trying to mix the, the law that was in the old covenant with the promise that's in the new covenant, you can get yourself in, you know, in, in, in a lot of trouble, as long as you're, as long as you're reading what the prophets are saying about what Jesus was going to do for us, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty much fine. Yeah. But um, it, I, I'm a big believer in, I mentioned it earlier about not watching as much stuff as I was before, but you can't get to the place that you need to be to help people get healed if you don't renew your mind. And you're talking about, you were talking about uh, the, the, the Katinas and, and uh, how, you know, how nice they are and how nice a lot of, the, you know, a lot of Christians are, which is, which is incredible. Yeah. But the, on, the only way to really, and I, I had this beat into me, I, I was at a, a, a conference, a meeting you know, a week ago in, in Dallas, the only way to really get to the place where you can, you can put flesh on Jesus yourself, and you're commanded to do that, right? Because... Um, uh, where is it? Uh, 14.12. It's, um, I can't remember. It's John 14.12. Is that where it is? Anyway, it's, um, uh, we will do greater, you know, we will do greater works than, yeah. than Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's right, it's right there in the Bible. Is we have to get to a place of compassion. 
And 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 when I when I when I say compassion, I have friends in my Bible study where you can't walk into a store with these people, you can't walk down the street with these people, where they won't stop somebody and say, "Let me pray for you." And and but and but and before the person can even say anything, they're holding their hands, and the person's crying. And this guy, my friend Jeremiah, is is praying for them, praying for their healing, and praying for you know for for uh, whatever strife they're going going through. Sure. So if we can't if if we can get to that place of compassion, and it's not easy to get there. And what not for me anyway. I'm just sort of like, hey, what's in it for me? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So once you get once you once you get to. Uh, once you get to compassion, you know it's uh, it, it, it all it all lines up. You know yeah. it all really lines up. Well, and there's a lot, and there is a lot there. You know, uh, John, as we one of the things also just being on the program here, I know there are going to be times where there may be people who call in, uh, and they're going to come from different perspectives. And so I think at the end of the day, I you know I know that um, you know the central message of the gospel. And, uh, you know, what, what, how do I put it? Non-negotiables and negotiables. I've had people where we talk about certain things. Like if someone says Jesus is not God, I'm like, okay, well, you don't have to believe that. I, I would respectfully disagree that Jesus is God. I, I, I wouldn't, like, shift off of that just to make somebody happy. And so the, the, there will probably be times where certain things that we talk about, and it could be some people who – and you grew up in maybe in, in – I don't know how you, how you grew up in these things, but there will be people who are in like, certain parts of the faith they have a, they're not quite as sure about healing might be one of them or, or even certain things like the Sabbath or do you, basic command, you know, do you work on the Sabbath or not? And um, there are different – like Eric Liddell, right, from the Chariots of Fire. And he took it very seriously and, and you know, God honored that. So anyway, all that to say, um, I think that it's, it's wise as we, we listen to each other that we um, remember God's bigger than all of these things and at times – um, we all can we can learn from each other, and God's going to keep working on us to keep honing what we think. And and if uh, if we need to learn more or grow more, whether it's someone who's listening and is not sure about healing, or whether it's somebody who knows a lot about healing, like or in your case, you know, maybe we keep we keep trusting that God will keep teaching us and helping us learn. Because what I hope that you know tomorrow I'll be a little further along than I was today, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But just remember this: Jesus never debated anybody. He, not even Satan. He just said it is written. You know. Yeah. And so, if if you get to the place where, if it's not Bible, then you don't believe it. Then you're settled. You're settled. You're yeah. healed. You're 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 saved. But when you get on the air or wherever you're going to go or on, or on, a, on a political show, or whatever. You start debating creation. You start debating. Okay, it's great. There are people who are amazing. My friend Frank Turek debates atheists in colleges, right? And he's got those chops. He can do that. I don't have time for that. There are too many people who are sick. And I, I stand on, you know, I mean, what you keep mentioning John, you know, John 14, 12, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, you will do also because I'm, I'm going to the Father. That's Jesus saying that, that you are going to do greater works than he did, Right. I mean, that's, that's the, he's not just talking to the, to the, uh, to the apostles. He's, whosoever, you're a, you're a whosoever. So that's, I don't have time for any of the rest of this crap. It's, yeah. it's, I stand on what's in the Bible now. I've done all the rest of that stuff. I know how to do it wrong, right? It's like when you fall off the bicycle 35 times, like, finally you're like, okay, I think I've got it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is me on the bicycle. I'm starting to get so strident about it. But it's just, it's just, there's no time 
for, you know, I don't even listen to people who want to debate me about, about well, you know, the Bible says this, well, you know this. Okay, I'll see you later. I, really, I, I, I got to go to the hospital. I got to get somebody healed. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I, 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 that's my lane. I picked that lane, and I'm staying in the lane, and <laughs> there's not really anybody who can talk me out. Yeah. John Chess is our guest. Do you have time for one more segment with us, John? I do if you want me. I'm getting a little too crazy, but go ahead. I do. Well, I want to. I want to. I I want to also steer things in the on a personal side of things with uh, the Grand Passion CD specifically, uh, sure. and talk a little about John, James Ingram too. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can keep it positive and good, but uh, celebrate. No, no, know? no. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I learned something from the James Ingram thing that will will speak to people. Go ahead. Okay, good. All right, John Tesh, our guest. It's the Tim Demar Show, AM five sixty WFIL WFIL dot com. Back in just a moment. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 446 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. John Tesh, our guest. Done music, done sports, radio, many things over the years. And several years ago, I had a cancer diagnosis and has been... Uh, how are things going with that, John, at this point? Are you... <laughs> I'm healed. I'm healed. The reason I'm laughing is that you're, you know, you're describing this stuff, and I'm thinking, you know what this feels like for me? This feels like... You, you, do you remember the old Etch-A-Sketch? I think they still make it, right? Yes. <clears throat> and you, and you, you draw all that stuff, the dials, you know, like, and you create this thing, and then, and then a four-year-old comes over and grabs it and shakes it, and it's all gone. <laughs> that's, the way, that, that's the way I feel right now. I feel like somebody shook my Etch-A-Sketch, because... You know, there's nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to people here who have been through this before. Yeah. There's nothing like chemo, man, to hit the reset button. You know how when you, you know, your iPhone is all messed up and you're like, ah, I just hit the reset button. Yes. That'll hit the reset button on you, you know, bigger than anything. It's four rounds of chemo. And um, I don't recommend it, but uh, but it reset it reset, <laughs> it reset my life. I could, it, sh- it shook the, uh, the Etch-A-Sketch machine. I bet. I bet. By the way, you mentioned earlier, is there a way for people in touch uh, to keep in touch or keep tabs of some of the things you've been sharing if they wanted to? Uh, yeah, you know, I, th- I, th- I think our Facebook page, um, you know, facebook.com slash John Tesh is, okay. is really where I do a lot, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. Okay. And there's also some really, really useful stuff. And if you just put in, uh, you know, Relentless, the reason, the reason it's called Relentless Healing is that I have a book coming out in uh, – Ever finished it, Tim? In September, called Relentless, and it's sort of it's sort of my story. And you know, I don't want to I don't want to run out of time before I mention something you wanted me to talk about, which was uh, on the album Grand Passion. I collaborated with a guy named James Ingram, yeah, and um, and that was really I think that was Scott Myers, uh, you know, idea where it was like, hey, you know, you need a number one a number one song. I'm like, I'm not going to get a number one song. I'm a piano player. How am I going to do that? Why don't you call James Ingram, you know? And I said, I'm not calling James Ingram. He was, he was like, you know, just once, y'all will be there. That guy, you know, I'm not calling him. He said, I got to call him. So somebody gave me the number, and I called him up. I said, hey, James. He said, hey, man. <laughs> I was doing entertainment tonight. And it was like, uh, hey, somebody, I think maybe we could write a song together. Yeah, man, when, want me to come over? Uh, okay. He came over on a Wednesday, and by Wednesday night, we'd written a, a wedding song called, um, and, and, we, and we actually wrote it with another friend of ours called, uh, 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 Carter Cathcart, and uh, it became the number one song. It was a, a, a called Give Me Forever I Do. And then 
you know, I don't know how many years later, uh, we became friends. We went on tour together, and he was telling me all these stories about Quincy and, and Michael Jackson and working with all those guys. And so two weeks ago, a week ago, I can't remember, I, I, I'm in Dallas with my wife, and we're at a, at a conference, and we're, you know, it was a healing conference, and somebody asked me about, hey, about my music, and I said, I said, yeah, my, one of my favorite songs is Give Me Forever, and I can't believe with James Ingram, I, gotta, I haven't talked to him in like two or three years. I've got to call him Connie. My wife, Connie, let's, let's call James and Debbie, his wife. Let's call, let's call them tonight or tomorrow morning, okay? And the next day he was dead. He died, uh, I believe it was, uh, we still don't even know, of, of, of brain cancer. And so that was my thing of, oh, my gosh, if I had called him and gone there, I would have been able to pray for him. And, and mm. I mean, maybe, who knows what would have happened, but that to me, Tim was a was really a Holy Spirit thing. It was like you, you know, if you feel if you feel a, a leaning and urging or whatever, you, you have to act on it. You can't be flat footed. And, and uh, I know people who are listening to us talk have had that feeling before. It's like, gosh, why didn't I, why didn't I do that? And it was such a even in my old age, it was such a lesson for me. I lost such a good friend. Hmm. I had no idea he was sick. You know. Yeah, and, yeah, and just on a. On a, uh, on a lighter note or whatever, but you were in town 21 years ago uh, with the tour promoting the Grand Passion CD, and I have actually I found, looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. Found it this morning before coming to the radio station. I have the the actual CD single of "Give Me Forever." I do. Oh, that's great! With because uh, when you were here 21 years ago, you went out or had someone go out to the tour bus, brought it in, you signed it, dated it 12 12 97. And wow. I actually have it in the CD player here that I can use, maybe perhaps to round out the show here. Um, but uh, yeah, 21 years later, and that night it was a Friday. That night, I wound up DJing a Christmas party, stopped the music, and just said, "Listen, guys, I had John Tesh on the radio today, and uh, he signed this. So you're the first group of people in the whole world who get oh, to hear this great. song at a dance." So anyway. Um, it's neat to neat to have it come full circle and have you back on again, uh, John Tesh. Just JohnTesh dot com also, or is Facebook the easier way? Yeah, to... just Tesh dot com. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know James wrote Yamo Be There and, and sang it with uh, Michael McDonald. Do you remember that song? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. You know Yamo Be There, and and the first you know, the first stanza of that song. It, you know, it's a Christian song because. He, it was it was Yahweh be there, and Quincy said, "Well, it doesn't sit right with the song. Let's say Yambo be there. People will figure it out." Sure enough, they did. Yahweh, the, of course, the, the Jewish word for for God. Yeah. Um, but but the, you know, the first lines are, "Heavenly Father, watching us all, we take from each other and give nothing at all." It was a doggone shame. We never too, but never too late for a change. So if your luck runs low, just reach out and call His name. His name, Yahweh. You know, I mean, that that was the number one song. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, we we need them, and and underneath, I think that's why some of the songs in pop culture, or you know, in the mainstream music world, have have done well, is because they they can strike a chord. Uh, even, yeah. even like Joan Osborne when she had that song "One of Us" about 10, 15, 15 years ago. Uh huh. You know, yeah. what if God was one of us? Well, guess what he was. But anyway, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that's a, that's the heart's cry. So, yeah. John, it's a privilege having you on, and covered a lot of ground. And uh, wow, what a story. <laughs> And just, you look back at the at your life and what God's done and how He keeps working and and teaching and changing. You know, He's faithful. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, I, and you know, it's it just just remember, you know, you don't have to. Sins have been paid for. You don't have to. You don't have to spend one minute looking over the, you know, the rest of your the back over your life, saying, "Oh my gosh, why did I do this? Why did I?" Look at look at Paul, who was Saul, right? And he he became a new creation, and he spent a good bit of his life putting Christians on the cross, and um, and if he can get that kind of healing and then be an apostle for, for, for Christ. It's a real encouragement for us. Amen. Amen. John, thank you so much for carving time out, and maybe we'll catch up again down the road. I'd love it. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take our final break here. John Tesh, our guest, will wrap up and just a couple of final closing thoughts and then turn things over to Alistair Beck at 5 o'clock. Back in just a moment, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 457 AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Wanted to give away a uh, gift card to Wawa or Dunkin' Donuts? pick up the cost of your coffee or snack or whatever. Just a little thank you for listening. 800-560-WFIL right now. 800-560-9345. If you'd like to win one, courtesy of Briner Chevrolet over in Jenkintown, give me a quick call and I'll be glad to hook you up with that. Uh, The John Tesh CD, Grand Passion, was a CD I was talking about before the break there. And we used to, just on a personal note, uh, put the kids to bed the boys, Timmy and Toby, when they were very little. And I have the CD from back then. It's all scratchy. It actually has a little going on it. But I wanted to play a little piece of that just as we wrap up the show. Uh, kind of uh, this uh, this song on a personal note has a lot of meaning to me. It's just an instrumental from his Grand Passion CD. So I'm going to let the last minute of the uh, show wrap up with this song. This is called Halcyon Days from his Grand Passion CD, the very first song. When this CD was in and these songs were, this music was playing, it meant the kids were in bed and we were closing the door. I leave you with that. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.